Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, Kyler Murray will do something on Monday he's never done before and what we've all waited for him to do, start a playoff game. It's a big deal, and he knows it. But first, yes, number 99 was indeed on the practice field. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 526, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. That may have been the most anticipated practice of the season. All eyes were on J.J. Watt, and where 99 went, the media followed. Looked like moss to a flame, a large gathering of reporters moving from one spot to the other. But what they saw was encouraging, at least for me. J.J. Watt looked good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we were out there for about 15 or 20 minutes, and, um, you know, he was hitting the bags, and, and he looked like he – I was wondering the first time when he – accelerate it but he's got that harness on he's got the big elbow brace on and we watched him you know use the goal post and stuff that we hadn't seen he said he's been working out with some of the offensive linemen uh when obviously we're inside so yeah i mean just barring any setbacks i think he's good to go kingsbury called watts very limited as far as what he was able to do in practice. Now, all we saw were some individual drills, some position drills, but to your point, MJ, no hesitation. Full extension with the left arm, full force. Now, that's an inanimate object and a teammate versus, oh, I don't know, an offensive lineman, someone else. So, again, another step towards potentially being available playing on Monday. Yeah, and based on the Cardinals playing on Monday, they're going to have a couple more practices. Uh, normally, you know, Friday is kind of a, a, another day for install, but they've installed probably uh, on Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, and then they get another practice on Saturday. So maybe they'll ramp it up or they'll pull back just to make sure he's ready to go. But um, just the fact that he was on the field, and and I would agree with you, uh, last week there wasn't a lot of media out here. Uh <laughs> Like literally none, and, and in fairness to them, a lot were on COVID, so they weren't wouldn't be allowed in the facility. But today, um, there was a lot of media, and um, you know it was encouraging seeing some of these guys get back on the practice field. And you know, you and I talked earlier, and I said when you you know have a regular season game, and you know you got a, a star player or a starter, you, you say, well, maybe let's just give him another week. Let's just give him another week. No need to rush him back. We got a long season. When you get to this point in the year, first of all, guys want to play. And if you're only 85 90%, and I don't know if anybody's quote 100%, but you have to go out there and practice and play, and that's what you're getting paid for. So, I mean, we, we can go through the list. I mean, it was nice to see Jordan Ron, Jordan Phillips Jordan with the Phil. defensive lineman. I mean, we're all looking for number 99, and all of a sudden, hey, there's 97 out there as well. Now he's got this large brace on his knee, but he was going through drills. So yeah. that was encouraging for some more depth on the defensive line. In the secondary, Marco Wilson, Kevin Peterson, who's cleared concussion protocol, both practicing as well. So some extra players in the secondary as well. Yeah, and uh, Brashad Breeland, he was kind of shadowing Marco Wilson. So I got to think that um, when he started, I didn't see Antonio Hamilton out there. I guess we'll wait for the injury report. But uh, I was told that Breland will be active on game day. Okay. 
So some breaking news here on Cardinals Cover 2. He will be active, and he's got good size. And you know the number he's wearing? 24. The last guy to wear that, Rosil Douglas, and then he was claimed off the Cardinals practice squad to the Packers, and we know the rest is history for there. But Adrian Wilson, that's that's been a long, long time. Or Ron Wolfley. I mean, or, let's okay. give credit where credit is due. That was – I'm talking about the last guy oh, that okay. actually wore in a game. Oh, okay. Wolf did wear the number, but yes. A-Dub. So it was, it's, this is, you know, finally see 24, but everything I'm hearing, uh, he's turning in the right direction, and he should be active. And, again, you're going to have to play on teams if you're that fourth corner. But, you know, uh, James Conner and Jonathan Ward were working out on the side. Um, and then you, you look at uh, Chase, Chase Edmonds. And, and Rondell Moore were practicing. And- yeah. Now, most of these players will get an idea later in the week, and there's going to be a lot of game day decisions. But there was an opportunity to hear from Chase Edmonds for the first time in a long time on Wednesday. Quote, number two will be suited up. That was directly out of the mouth of Chase Edmonds. He is going to play no matter what. And he followed up with, you know, he didn't want to speak for James Conner because you never know about somebody else's health, but obviously they're tight. And he, he he gave us a, a heads up or a, a little bit of insight and said, I don't number I don't think number six is going to miss this game. And they've been chatting about what it's like to play in the playoffs. Obviously, when he was in Pittsburgh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, nobody's a hundred percent. But the fact is, um, when you get to this point in the year, um, you got to you you, get, you just got to suit up. And uh, you know, the more starters and depth guys you have, the better it's going to be on Monday night. Now, Rodney Hudson, Calvin Beecham, Zach Ertz, vet days, so easy for them. Zach Allen, not on the practice field during the open portion, but as we talked about the past two weeks, he has not practiced those first two days, limited on the third day, and good to go on game day. So they're just being cautious with Zach Allen. Yeah, and for our for our listeners out there, just to kind of peel the curtains back a little bit, so we come downstairs and they do a walkthrough. And then once they blow the horn, we're allowed to go out there and watch for 15 or 20 minutes. And usually you'll see three or four players walk back to the locker room. So all those guys you mentioned were part of the walkthrough and, and obviously the part of the game plan. But, it, you know, at this point in the year, you want to make sure you take care of your vets. And usually Corey Peters and, and, and Zach Allen's obviously rehabbing from an injury. But Beecham and Hudson, you know, um, Hump was out there. So... I think Cliff's done a really good job giving these vets the day off. Normally it would be a Wednesday, and then you game plan, obviously, throughout the course of the week. A lot of good news for the first practice of the week. In fact, I think more good news than I even anticipated, especially considering you got this extra day. Maybe you wait until Friday for that first practice of the week for some of these players. But very encouraged by the fact that we saw Chase Edmonds, had not seen him for a long time. Rondell Moore early in the week or as far as practice week is concerned when you talk about three days of practice before game day. So I am encouraged because it's, to your point, no one is 100%, but a Chase Edmonds, a Rondell Moore at 85-90 or even 70-75% better than most players on your roster, on your practice squad, or on another team's roster. So, And they're experienced within this offense. They know what one, is at stake, and in two, what is asked of them, their role within the offense or defensive. Yeah, so we anticipate to get an email probably Monday afternoon. you got to think that um, 
Breland and J.J. Watt will be activated to the uh, 53-man roster, or in this case, the 46-man roster. Monday night, 6-15, Monday night football, Cardinals at the Rams. you got the Cardinals at 11-6, the Rams 12-5. Super wild card weekend, and we get to wait through two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then the last game on Monday. Before we get into, you know, Kyler Murray and the offense against, uh, you know, the Rams defense, the way I look at this game, and clearly the Rams felt like they upgraded he has thrown 41 touchdown passes. He does lead the league in 17 interceptions. He has eight interceptions in the last three games. I think going into the postseason, Matthew Stafford has the most pressure on of any quarterback that's playing this weekend, including Monday. Just because the narrative 0 3, now he's on a different team, better team. Um, he has weapons. And then I would think Josh Allen, just because. You know, they've been close. They got to the AFC Championship game. You know, we don't know what to expect out of Joe Burrow. Uh, obviously, Cars was hurt. He never got a chance to play in a playoff game. But I, I really think it's it's Matthew Stafford. And I wouldn't say Kyler's playing with house money, but, you know, it's his first start. And, you know, he's played in big games before. We know that he struggled this year on primetime. But hopefully those three primetime games will allow him to go out there and just play football. And, and if I'm not mistaken – the last time that Connor and Edmonds were together was in Detroit. Correct. And that game got out of hand, <laughs> unfortunately. But that has been a long time because that's that's when they were seven and zero, ten and two, so to speak. That that's where the they were rolling. It was forty eight percent rush and fifty two percent pass. Now, obviously, some of that's miscued because Hopkins was available earlier in the season, but it's been a long time and, and just the one two punch and we know Jonathan Ward and Eno I don't know how many they'll, they'll probably dress for just because of inj- uh, possible injuries and then Kyler Murray so I kind of like where they're at and you have to run the football on this team to slow them down a little bit and because they're going to try to rush the passer and if you start running the ball maybe they play on their heels versus their toes the active roster depending on how these next couple of days shape up you might see a team or in this case the Cardinals Go a little bit heavier at certain positions, running back being one, cornerback being another, and it might limit another position group because you said it. I mean, if you got guys, several guys banged up, then all of a sudden, okay, well, if X player goes down, we've got Y, but now he's hurt as well, so then we need plan C, plan D. You only have so many, so it's not you can't have everyone, but as far as who's active and inactive, there might be several healthy inactive players and players who are less than 100% active but they're because of depth and I could very well see four running backs yeah active and you know when you look at the tight end obviously Ertz and then you know Darrell Daniels is Demetrius Harris clearly you're going to address seven or eight offensive linemen and then you can use the extra lineman as an extra blocker we know Ertz really doesn't line up with his hand in the dirt. There are times he does it, but now he's lining up on the left side, and we'll get into some of the numbers and what Kingsbury had to say about him and, and Kyler Murray because since Hop's been out, he's been the most targeted uh, player on offense, and, and I think there's a downward uh, spiral effect. Christian Kirk was next, and then um, A.J. Green. And then when Chase Edmonds is in there, he's been targeted in the passing game, and that's the beauty of having the, both him and Connor where they can catch the ball in the backfield. 
Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You brought up Kyler Murray and his first playoff starts. I went back and looked because there's this narrative out there as far as playoff experience. Does it matter? How important is it? Obviously, Kyler Murray's never been in this position before. Neither has Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. Player, different story. But in the 2019 draft class, 11 quarterbacks selected. And I'm talking the entire draft. Three, though, in the first round. Kyler Murray is the first of those three, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, to start a playoff game, which he will on Monday. Now, this year's draft class, Mac Jones, 2020, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts are starting this weekend. So there's a lot invested in these quarterbacks when you get selected in the first round, and we anticipate an immediate impact on the field in terms of wins and losses. It's taken Kyler Murray until year three. Now you look at what his quote-unquote peers at that position have done. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. Those are five quarterbacks. Only two, Mahomes and Mayfield, won their first playoff game. Two of those five. Now Mahomes, it was his second year, but year one as a full-time starter. Lamar Jackson lost his first two playoff games. Josh Allen, it took until year two. Baker Mayfield won his first playoff game in year three. So it is, look, I expect Kyler Murray to play well. We heard Cliff Kingsbury earlier this week expect Murray to have his best game of his career. And Kyler Murray has shined in these moments, whether on the high school level, the college level, and now here on the professional level. It is a different level. And Murray is well aware of that. He understands the magnitude, which I think is important. But he's also excelled. He relishes, that was his term, relishes these moments, regardless if it's prime time or during the day on a Saturday. This is the biggest game of his professional career. And I would think that you would want Kyler Murray in that position because of his past experiences in big games. Yeah, and and the fact that, you know, every – game this weekend it's going to be one game at a time so when they say well we're the only game well people may not have a chance to watch two games on Saturday and three on Sunday so and it's LA I mean it's glitz and glamour the stadium is brand new that's where the Super Bowl is now let me go back and give you some uh, numbers here quarterbacks making their first career postseason start have struggled in the previous five seasons the 18 quarterbacks making their first playoff start throwing at least 10 passes in the last five seasons have come Piled a completion rate of 58%, 6.2 yards per attempt, averaged 21 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, pass rate about 78. Those clubs have gone 8 and 10 in those games. 8 and 10. But again, Matthew Stafford's been in the league a long time, 0 and 3 in playoff games. Again, I think he's on a better team, and they're still winning with him actually throwing eight interceptions in the last three games. Yeah, I always like to say winning in spite of what Matthew Stafford has done with the football. Talking about the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, so I did a little bit of a deep dive, and I know you have some numbers too, so maybe we can um, coincide here. So Murray has just seven passing touchdowns in the last seven games. He had 17 touchdowns in weeks one to seven. Over that span, he is two and five completing 65% of his passes, 6.9, which is way down, and his touchdown-to-interception ratio is 7-5. to Now, the first seven games, 
73.5% completion rate, 9 yards per attempt, 17 over 5, quarterback rating 116.8. It's it Again, the offense got stagnant. They, they haven't been in, be in sync going back to the Cowboys game. Hopefully they can use that as a recipe. Um, but, again, a lot of it has to do with injuries. And it's not just DeAndre Hopkins. They, they've shuffled the offensive line. You haven't had – you know, your, your two top backs every single game. We talked about the last time those two played was uh, Connor and Edmonds was in Detroit. So um, it's really now or never. And one thing about Murray, he said he doesn't get nervous. You know, he, he, he grew up watching all these games, and, you know, he knows this is like uh, Christian Kirk said this when he texted back and forth with Larry, this is where you create your legacy. Listen, Larry was a, a, hop, a top pick. Until they got to the playoffs, that was his coming out party. And he still has the record. Now, the Cardinals did play four games that year to get 2008, to this. yeah. Yeah. But he still has touchdowns. I want to say he has seven or eight, which is still a record or tied with someone. He has X amount of receptions and yards. And that's where Larry, to me, was his coming out party, what he did and the catches he made. And it was I go back to the Philadelphia game, go back to the Carolina game, and then obviously in the Super Bowl – so uh, I couldn't agree more. This and, and, and all these guys are aware of this, and, and I think they got enough veteran leadership in there to say, hey, listen, this isn't going to happen every single year. I mean, we're, we're sitting here. We were upset last year. They haven't made the playoffs in six years, so you've got to take advantage of the opportunity regardless of the opponent. Murray earlier on Thursday, quote, this is as big as it gets. There's no shine away from it. This is something you dream about as a kid, unquote. Now, this moment and moments like this have never been too big for Kyler Murray. Yet at the same time, we're going to hear about it until they kick off Monday as far as, well, playoff experience. How much does that matter, in your opinion, MJ, whether you're talking about a player or a coach? I think it matters just because they've been there before. Now, you know, Jarek Goff was able to take the Rams to the Super Bowl, and they only scored three points, and Belichick obviously outcoached them. But – I think when the game kicks off, it's still football. It's still blocking, tackling, and execution. And you can't beat yourselves like turn the ball over. You know, you want to win the turnover battle, but you don't want to be minus two or minus three. And one thing I learned today is the Rams are the least penalized team on offense in the league. We know the Cardinals had six penalties in the previous game just on offense. So the Rams don't really beat themselves with false starts where they're behind the sticks. And that has to change for the Cardinals. I mean, again, holding penalty, if Kyler's going to get hit, i got no problem with that. But the delay of game coming off a timeout or coming back on the field or a false start, um, you can't have that. So, But I, I, that was interesting. They are the least penalized team on offense. And defensively, you know, they'll get some late hits on the quarterback just because they're basically being over-aggressive. So in the playoffs, if you've been there before, you know what to expect. And I think that's what we're wondering now, guys that do have playoff experience, like a Jordan Hicks, who was asked this exact question as far as, you know, the experience factor. And he brought up what you said. Once the game kicks off, it's the same game. There's no different rules. There's, you know, you don't get an extra player or an extra down. The game is the same. You know, four downs to get a first down. You know, you get three points for a field goal, six for a touchdown plus the PAT. But this was the interesting aspect on what Hicks had to say. Quote, understand each play is going to be magnified. 
And that's what happens in the postseason. If you believe in momentum, that happens, and it can happen quickly, both directions. So to say it doesn't matter, I think, would be not correct. Playoff experience does matter in the moment because you don't want to do too much. And all of a sudden, is Kyler Murray forcing something because, hey, there is no tomorrow. We need to win this game. Same for the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, his first time in the postseason. Sean McVay on the other side, fourth appearance in the postseason in five seasons. Does Kingsbury not coach or manage the game differently early on? Maybe not, but certain decisions, whether to challenge or not, go for it or not. Little things like that where you don't have anything to look back on and say, all right, this is what we did. We got to do it again, or we got to do something different. Kingsbury doesn't have that knowledge. What he does have, though, is an experienced coaching staff. And we brought this up earlier off air. You're talking about Jeff Rogers, your assistant head coach, seven games of playoff experience. Vance Joseph, head coach, plus seven games of playoff experience. Bill Davis, former Cardinals defensive coordinator when they made that run to the Super Bowl, eight games of playoff experience. So, when people say Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have postseason experience, you're exactly right. But this, I, I don't like when everyone puts everything on the head coach because there are 20 other people on his staff that he relies on. It's not just one man making the decision. It's a collective effort during the course of the week. Yes, the head coach makes the ultimate decision. He accepts the praise and all the criticism, but it's not like Kingsbury going in in this by himself. He's and, got help. And this was done by design. I mean, they wanted to bring in, you know, Vance Joseph, a former head coach, kind of like uh, Wade Phillips was when Sean McVay got there. You're the head coach of the defense, and Cliff's not afraid to say that. And then you got – and even Sean Coogler's got some uh, playoff experience uh, when he was back, I want to say, in Pittsburgh. So – but when you when it really comes down to it, Craig, and I talked, we talked about it yesterday, and that is pick sixes – Special teams turn. Uh, special teams um, score. Um, they get magnified, and I do think teams get a little bit more conservative because you have a lead in the fourth quarter. You're, now you're playing against the clock. Are you up? For, are you up by ten points? Two possessions. Are you up by two scores? Fourteen points. But everything gets magnified, and the little things will catch up to you if you're not beating yourselves. And and that's something the Cardinals obviously have to avoid, like any other team, if you want to win. In the postseason, Kingsbury's always erred on the side of being aggressive, especially on fourth down. Does that change come Monday? Okay. Well, he he over the over the course of the year, he he did say that because I'm like I understand that you know if it was fourth and one, but Aaron Donald was in the backfield the entire day. You have to know: is my defense been on the field half the half the game? You have to know we haven't been able to run the football. So in this situation, maybe just punt, and then you put your defense on the field and hope you can force a turnover. So, yeah, I mean, Cliff's going to be aggressive, but I think you got to figure out down and distance, what's the score, and am I comfortable enough to put my defense on the field so they can make a stop and we can get field position maybe at the 40 or 50. So I think you have to, I think you have to coach it a little bit different. Not conservative, but just a little bit different to where – uh, well, you know, because each team will get 10 or 11 possessions, and you've got to maximize all those possessions without turning the football over. It would be interesting, and if I think about it at the time, maybe during the course of the game, little decisions, not play calls, but decisions that are made Monday night that we mark, you know, would this have been made 
in the regular season? Would this have been made in week two versus week 14? Because I do think there will be a handful of those decisions unless the Cardinals jump out to a big lead and they can coast, which I'm not expecting here against the Rams in the third meeting. But just something to pay attention to, Bergang, as you watch or listen to the game. Not major differences, but subtle differences for those that have been paying attention to this team the entire year, whether it's a player or a coaching decision. And this goes for players, too, trying to do too much. And we saw that earlier in the season, especially during the losing streak. You know, do your job. It's become cliche, and everyone likes to make fun of Bill Belichick, but that's that's what every coach preaches. You can't do more than what your job is. Yeah, and I'm not calling anybody out, but, you know, Jordan Hicks is like if all 11 guys are doing their job, and he didn't mention this, but you go to you go to uh, Breon Bortles last week. Breon Borders. Borders, excuse me. One guy didn't get the call, touchdown. Kennard doesn't show, you know, gap integrity, touchdown. Two plays, not that they weren't doing their job, but they were not in position to make the – oh, Kennard was. um, 21 didn't get a chance to hear the call. But that's two plays to score touchdowns on. You got to kind of eliminate that kind of stuff, especially in a game like this. You can't. You got to avoid the big chunk plays, like game breakers, like you know. Again, they have enough wide receivers and Cooper Cup and, and Odell Beckham, and we really haven't talked about Van Jefferson this week. He's a big target, um, but at the same time, it's just you got to do the little things. You can't have seven penalties or six or seven penalties on off. You cannot have that in a game like this because it gets, it gets magnified. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, breaking down this Cardinals-Rams matchup on Monday Night Football Super Wild Card Weekend. And the one area that we have focused on, and a lot of people have with respect to this Cardinals offense and Kyler Murray, is what happens inside the 20-yard line, inside the red zone. And the Cardinals have struggled later in the season, and it's an area of the defense that the Rams have excelled at. They are number eight defending those final 20 yards. If you go back to the, the majority of the season, the Cardinals were close to 60%. The Rams were 60%. The Cardinals are down, what, 44, 44 to 45? Rams are at 60, 68% right now in the red zone. And in the last four games, this Cardinals team is just 4 of 13, scoring touchdowns inside the red zone. Now, those are all four games that DeAndre Hopkins has missed. But I went back to the previous six games starting with the game at the Bears. Hopkins played. Six games worth. Cardinals are 8 of 21 in the red zone. So this is not a DeAndre Hopkins issue. It's very easy to point your finger at the absence of D-Hop. This goes beyond Hopkins now because you're talking about a six-game sample size. You should have been able to figure out, one, what's wrong, and two, how to correct it. Yeah, but in that game, though, whether they didn't really throw the ball down the field and what they get, they were plus three in the turnover category when it came to Andy Dalton? Yes. So a little bit different where they ran the ball, but only threw it well 15 times? Correct. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm not big on the fade in, in the red zone. Um, I think Zach Ertz is, is, is going to be a guy that Kyler's going to target and everything else, but they, they just got to get him down there, and when you get to the three- to four-yard line, um, I think they'll go for it. But, again, if you are you feel like, you know, they've been struggling to get points, then you kick the field goal. But I do think they're going to go for it because 
each player we talk to, whether it's offense or defense, more defense and offense, you get down there against the Rams, you cannot kick field goals to win the game. You have to score touchdowns. And the area is shrunk, so you have to be more adept in your route running. You have to be more on par as far as what you're doing as an offense and in defensively as well. But as this offense goes, yeah, settling for field goals is not a recipe to beat this Rams team on Monday. Again, the Rams, they are averaging almost 27 points. In fact, it's over 27 points a game. So Cardinals offense, we know they can get – to that 30, 35-point mark. Now, what they do inside the red zone, target Zach Ertz. Get A.J. Green involved. M.J., he has not scored a touchdown since week six at Cleveland. And this disconnect or miscommunication or whatever is going on between quarterback and wide receiver, between Kyler and A.J. Green, especially it gets magnified because you don't have D-Hop on the other side. But there's an issue, and maybe issue is not the right word, but that combination, Murray and Green, seven catches on 15 targets the past two games. That's less than 50%. On the season, Green has only caught 58% of the balls thrown his direction. Last year, with Joe Burrow as his quarterback for part of the season, 45%. So maybe it's not a quarterback issue. Maybe it is an A.J. Green issue. Well, Kyler was so upset last week, that's when he took his helmet and pounded it on the ground. And, you know, where we're sitting in the press box, you know, Kyler threw a little bit of sidearm, but A.J. Green, I think he was upset that he didn't come back for the ball. Once you make your break, you got to help the quarterback out. You come back to the ball. And it was a catchable ball, but unfortunately he never got a chance to catch the ball. I mean, if he does his right route and comes back to the ball, that's a, that's a completion. I think that's what upset Murray the most, and that's when he was on the sidelines throwing his helmet down because they work on that play in practice all the time, all the time. And we've, and there was another play in the game where A.J. Green's running down the field, and the ball was a little bit over the defensive back's head, and he couldn't catch it. That You have to win those 50-50 balls. And, you know, fortunately, maybe the Cardinals will catch a break because their secondary is, is you know, it looks like we'll, we'll have more starters back than they will. So you got to take advantage of that. Cardinals within the red zone outside of A.J. Green. It would definitely help if James Conner is playing, Chase Edmonds is playing, and then you have that target of a tight end in Zach Ertz, who, according to Cliff Kingsbury, with respects to Ertz, a steady presence within that offense, and Kyler Murray on Ertz, a comfort level for him on offense, and it's especially since the absence of D-Hop. Yeah, and, and he's being targeted the most, and they're not just lining him up you know, next to the right tackle or left tackle. He's lining up on the outside, kind of where Hop was, and then throw in Rondale Moore. You know, try to get him in that screen game where he's, he's very valuable in space. Now, you know, obviously I was thinking he would put up bigger numbers, but I think all-purpose yards, he has like 923, and a lot of that came from the return game. But I was hoping that, you know, he could be that guy to catch 40 or 50 balls, um, you know, put up 750 yards, but it's been more hit and miss. Um, but he's got to be healthy. But he's 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 eye candy out there, especially if you get at the 20-yard line. Now you got some options. You can, you can obviously work Zach Ertz and – According to Willie McGinnis, if the Cardinals are going to win, he has Zach Ertz scoring two touchdowns in the game against the Rams. Two touchdowns. And we know, I think over the last four games, Craig, he's been targeted 10.5 per game. 10.5 per game. Now, the thing is, when you look at the Cardinals' offense, 
They have struggled to put up points consistently. In the last four out of five games, Arizona's put up more than 25 points once, and that was last week. Now, the Cardinals were putting up 30-plus in the six of their first seven games as Kingsbury's club got off to a 7-0 start. So, they're going to have to score some points in this game. And you think Ertz, not the solution, but someone that this offense, specifically Kyle Murray, needs to kind of look, hey, where is he at? Yeah, and if you don't have Tyler Rapp and, you know, Eric Weddle, what kind of football shape is he in? We know Jalen Ramsey's playing more in the slot. But according to Kyler, he said when he goes back and watches the film, nine out of ten times Ertz is open. And he said, when I watch the film, I'm throwing the ball to somebody else. It could be completed. But he said nine out of ten times Zach Ertz in the in the fact that he trusts him and he's comfortable in the offense. I mean, he's been a great addition in the passing game ever since Hopkins went down. Cardinals and Rams kick off at 6.15 on Monday, 2.30. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio networks with respects to the red zone and getting this offense on track overall. Kyler, we know, needs to play better. Now, it's been an ongoing conversation as far as how much he needs to run between you and I, but you look at what Kyler did in the first eight games as compared to what has happened over the past five. First eight games, nearly nine yards per pass attempt. And I believe that if it didn't lead the league, it was up there in the top three. And his rushing attempts, 49 for a buck 47. He was only averaging three yards a carry. Wasn't running because he needed to or to help out the offense. Different story these past five games. His yards per pass attempt, 6.6. He's running 29 times. 20 fewer, but for 217 yards, he's averaging 7.5 yards a carry. That, to me, is a direct signal that this offense, like last season, has stalled, and Kyler Murray is putting it upon himself, on his shoulders, to get the offense or try to get the offense back on track, and he's doing it with his legs. They're not a luxury here over the last five games in the season. They are a necessity. Yeah, exactly, and – you know, when he sits in the pocket, um, when he has a quarterback rating over 100, the Cardinals rate no. Matthew Stafford, when he th- throws the ball, um, quarterback rating over 100 plus, they're 9-0. and 0. Now, when Kyler rating is less than 100, he's 1-5. Stafford's 3-5. and five. So, again, a lot of it's being able to complete the ball, not turning it over because that affects your rating and, obviously, completion percentage. Yeah, but I'm comfortable where you – know, I just I feel comfortable about this game just because I, I know Kyler Murray plays well in the big – when the lights are on now, you're going to say, well, what happened in the Packers game and, you know, what happened in um, you know on Christmas night? Well, they weren't, they weren't fully healthy, and now they're going to get some of their guys back. Unfortunately, Hop's not coming back, but they, are, they have other guys that can stretch the field. And I think that's what we need to keep in mind because you can't just take one player out and then have this offense collapse because the good offenses, the good quarterbacks, they are able to elevate everyone around them. Titans lose Derrick Henry. They're the number one seed. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how many wide receivers have they lost? They're the number two seed. So it can't just be DeAndre Hopkins. I refuse to believe that. Now, the numbers tell me otherwise, <laughs> but I, 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 it cannot be that simple that this team cannot go anywhere 
because they don't have number 10 on the football field. That, to me, makes no sense, and it's a, it's a slap in the face to everyone else on offense that it's a one-person show in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and if you look at, you know, we talked about Stafford. Now, the Rams' pass defense, they're ranked fifth with 83.8 um, rating. They're giving up 7.2 yards per attempt and passing. In yards per attempt, that's 21st in the league. So you can throw on their secondary. The, the, the fact is you just got to make sure you protect the front seven. And that's where, you know, you look at look at Von Miller. He's He's got, what, four sacks? Five sacks Five over sacks. the last four games. Yeah. And then you look at Leonard Floyd. He's putting up big numbers. He's got nine and a half sacks, 18 quarterback hits, a forced fumble. Um, Aaron Donald, 12 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, 25 quarterback hits. Yeah, Miller, five sacks in the last four games. So you have to obviously be aware of where those guys are on the field. And then you throw in Jalen Ramsey. He's got four interceptions. And quarterbacks thrown to him, 52.9. So he usually gets his hands on a, on a few balls, and he has the ability to take it back to the house. And according to Chase Edmonds, he's seen on film Ramsey playing a lot more nickel, which helps in the run game as far as the Rams being able to stop the run. And they are very good as far as that aspect. They are number six stopping the run overall this season. Now, you bring up Aaron Donald, and that's the one player that can make everything that we have talked about on this episode of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and this entire week, <laughs> because he can wreck an offense, as we saw in that second meeting. Three sacks, three quarterback hits, three tackles for loss, one pass defense, 14 pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, the most of any player all season long. Yet in that first game back in week four, Aaron Donald was non-existent. So not that he's going to be non-existent on Monday, but... That was the worst game of his career uh, grade-wise. Now the offensive line did its job. Cardinals were able to run the football and run it at number 99. That seems to be what everyone keeps mentioning, run the ball or have the offense go towards number 99 because it's when you try to avoid him, that's when he has his most success. Yeah, and they've been moving him around. Do you ever watch Roadhouse? Patrick Swayze? Oh, I've yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Aaron Donald reminds me of like uh, you know, he's like uh, he, he, the guy that's checking your ID at the door, <laughs> a bouncer. Bouncer. And he starts throwing guys out real quick. <laughs> yeah, it does not take much for him to push you back on your heels. Now, the Rams' defense has done a good job against running backs and tight ends. So as we sit here and say that Zach Ertz is, according to Will and McGinnis, and what I think is going to happen, their, their, their secondary is ranked 30th. Um, and when it comes to giving up TDs, they're one of the worst. They're, they're almost 31st in the league on giving up TDs through the air. So, again, they've, they've done a good job, and I think that's because quarterbacks got to get rid of the ball quickly when you're throwing the ball to the tight ends. And, but I'll take my chances with James Conner, Chase Edmonds, and Zach Ertz. I will take my chances all day. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, a 20-yard pass, very similar to what Colt McCoy did against the 49ers and Seahawks. Let them bait them, let them come, 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 and then screen pass, screen, screen pass. And a six-yard screen pass becomes a 12-yard pickup. Now, but the key is for that six yards to magnified or doubled or even tripled because what we were seeing against the Seahawks were those short passes, and that was it. There was no yards after catch, no yards well, after contact. Well, okay, that would be another conversation. Are the receivers getting separation? 
Because if teams are going to play zone, there should be pockets. If they're playing man-to-man, then you should be able to face a guy, meaning you run across his face and you should be open. But if they're playing zone, there's pockets out there where you can get separation. That's the biggest difference over that, you know, this losing streak. And you take away the Cowboys game, they're just not getting the separation. But I think if you can get the running game going and you can utilize your running backs and tight ends, that's going to slow down that pass rush from the Rams. And get some deep shots. There weren't a lot of deep shots last week against the Seahawks. Now, one, did Kyler Murray have enough time? Did the receivers run proper routes in order to have a deep shot opportunity? And it's just because, as Kingsbury mentioned earlier in the week, they were the Seahawks were trying to keep everything in front of them. They were not going to allow any wide receiver take the top off, so to speak. So, again, it's, you know, if you're trying to pinpoint an exact reason, is it the offensive line or is it the receivers or is it Kyler Murray? Probably a little bit of both, but we're only going to focus on one, and that's going to be the quarterback because it's always the quarterback. Yeah, I, I went back and looked at Donald had three sacks, three tackle for losses, three quarterback hits, and 14 or 15 pressures. You got to you got to keep him off. You got you got to you got to you got to keep him off Kyler Murray because you know, he's a, he's a game wrecker. He was a wrecking ball that game, but he wasn't in the first game. It's impressive. That's because to watch they ran the forty park. times. And if the Cardinals are able to do that again, uh, it doesn't have to be forty. Thirty we, plus. You know how know, I feel. But we know if it's thirty plus, it's nine and zero. Oh, and the Cardinals are able are either with the lead or they're within a possession. Correct. But don't deviate from the run game. And we saw that against the Cowboys. It wasn't really effective, but there were a number of rushing attempts. And even though this Rams defense is quality at stopping the run, I still think you need to hand the ball off, even if there is no James Conner or Chase Edmonds, even if it is Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward or Tavian Feaster because you have to elevate someone off the practice squad. It doesn't matter who's in the backfield. You have to be able to feed the running back. Yeah, but I like our chances with the top two first. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Right, but you again, I like the way Eno Benjamin's running. Uh, he runs hard, and he, he tries to run through people. Some, sometimes guys of that size and stature, they'll try to avoid contact. We know he ran over Drake Kirkpatrick, correct? Correct. And so, and Jonathan Ward, I think he's really good in pass pro, so he can be on the field. Again, I do think, and maybe we're in agreement, they likely will dress four because the top two guys are dealing with either rib injuries or maybe a toe injury. So you got to make sure you have some insurance, and if they can get a lead, um, you want to make sure you take care of those guys if you're happen to to move on to the next weekend. And even though the Rams' defense number six against the run, the 49ers rushed for 135 yards, 125 of those in the second half. The 49ers were able to run the ball against that Rams' defense. Now, regular season versus postseason, but that Week 18 game, 49ers and Rams. That could be a playoff game to where if I'm the Cardinals, I'm looking back at that ball game, all right, what worked, what didn't work, because, yeah, postseason is different, but in order to get into the postseason, the 49ers needed to win that ball game, and despite trailing 17 nothing, they came back and won that ball game. Yeah, and we'll get into this tomorrow. You know, I always say the game's won in the trenches, and that's offense and defensive line. And when the Cardinals are, you know, running the ball and protecting Murray and he can make throws from the pocket, I think they're equal to the Rams, but on paper the Rams have better numbers between their right tackle, center, and left tackle. And then the defensive line, 
you know, getting J.J. Watt back, I would give the advantage to the Rams just because of Aaron Donald. So they're going to have to win in the trenches if they're going to want to win this game. And and I think it's I think it's with the healthy offensive line knocking off the rust from last week. Hump's not going to play like that. I think it's equal. But I would give the advantage just because of Aaron Donald on their defensive line. It's going to be a fun weekend. Super wild card weekend ends with the Cardinals at the Rams. Monday night football, 6-15 again is the kickoff. Much more on the matchup on Friday, a football Friday, a postseason edition football Friday. Oh, I like that. Here on Cardinals Cover 2. Now, before we exit stage left, so to speak, you brought up Adrian Wilson earlier, number 24, perhaps making a comeback. The number, not Adrian Wilson you himself. Mean he's not coming out of retirement like Eric Weddle. Yeah, that was a couple of people brought that up on social media. Well, you got to answer the Eric Weddle yeah. for Adrian Wilson. But A Dub, the vice president of pro personnel, and Quentin Harris, vice president of player personnel, and also a Syracuse grad. Got to throw that in there. Sure. It has since been confirmed. The reports earlier in the week, the Giants requested permission to speak with both about their open opening at the general manager position. Adub spoke yesterday. Quentin earlier today. Both have interviewed remotely, according to the New York Giants. Yeah, I uh, I text Adub and I haven't heard back from him. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad news. No, I and I know somebody else texted him and they haven't. He's gotten back. <laughs> Listen, I, I I wouldn't say anything if he told me anything, just because I you know I, I really want him to stay here. But those jobs don't come along. But I think it's good that he's getting in front of decision makers. You get in front of owners, and you know he has a plan. And I was told that uh, Quentin Harris actually checked into a hotel room last night. Because he didn't want to do it from the facility. He didn't want to do it from home. You know, a lot of things going on. So he checked in, and then he was going to wake up this morning. He had all his notes, and, and, and obviously you got to be able to, you know, sell your approach. What do you? Because you got to you got to give him, you know, stuff to think about. What are you going to do with the quarterback position? You have, have to have a plan. And so I'm, I'm sure both of those guys did very well, and it's a process. But it's, it's nice to see the Cardinals front office guys that have paid their dues getting some some interviews whether to get the job or not but it's ne- it's not a bad idea when you get in front of decision makers because all of a sudden when you go to the owners meetings hey what was that guy like oh we're going to put him on our radar and Malik Boyd he worked for the Cardinals and he's in Buffalo right now and he misses Arizona I ran into him at the combine but he said it's a blue collar town my kids love it here but he had to make the move just to move up the ladder but I, I you know I don't I, I hate to lose those guys but it's one of 32 you never like to see good people leave, but if it's good people moving on to better things, that's what you want. And Cardinals, as a successful season, a successful franchise, you're going to have other teams look, all right, we want to be where the Cardinals are. Now, what do they have that we don't? And is there someone in personnel? Is there someone on the coaching staff? Is there someone training staff? that can help us get to where the Cardinals are. That's what happens when you have franchises that make it into the postseason. The players, the people, the personnel that aren't front-facing, that aren't always talked about. It's not just Steve Kime all by himself. There are others. So it's not just Cliff Kingsbury. There are others. So that's why I think it's a good thing that we're hearing this, yet at the same time you don't like to see good people leave. You know how every coach kind of has their guy, you know, 
Cliff has Kenny here. Belichick has the one guy you see with him, but he he doesn't coach, but he listens to the radio. You think A Dub would bring us to New York to like to be the, the, the let him know what's going on with with the with the media? You have a better chance of going with A <laughs> Dub than I do. Well, you're married and everything else. You got a family here. We, we listen. I'm not ready to leave. What are you talking about? Arizona's my home. Can you imagine Adrian Wilson, named general manager for X franchise? His first move. I have hired Mike Jarecki as whatever, whatever, whatever. We'll give you some special title. Yeah, not, not happening. He, he wants to win. I, 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 I'm not saying I'm an anchor. I would drag him down, but he, you, you know how I feel. He's just so moody sometimes. I mean, in that job, sometimes, man. yeah. All right, let's go. All right, before we get into any trouble here, on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.